let us begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is your host, Joe Holcraft, coming to you from KKXX Studios, Chico Life Radio 104.5 FM and AM 930. It is great to be with you another Thursday evening where we continue our reflections into the richness of the gospel text. We have come to the conclusion of this Easter season, which means we get to talk about Pentecost Sunday, a.k.a. the birthday of the church. And um, it is Thursday evening, so I have Debbie Rosales back with me. Debbie, great to have you with me another evening. It's wonderful to be here. So, Debbie, we have the honor this evening to talk about the gift of the Holy Spirit, and there's a lot, a lot to talk about. Now, what's interesting is the gospel passage we have for this evening is very, very similar to the gospel passage that we had last time you were mm-hmm. here. This is what happens during the liturgical season. But before we talk about that, the gospel itself, I do want to speak specifically to um, what we intend to mean when we say Pentecost Sunday or the solemnity of Pentecost. And what I want to do is turn to the catechism, paragraph 731 and paragraph 732. On the day of Pentecost, When the seven weeks of Easter had come to an end, okay, what we just finished, right? Christ's Passover is fulfilled in the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, manifested, given, and communicated as a divine person of his fullness. Christ the Lord pours out the Spirit in abundance. On that day, the Holy Trinity is fully revealed. Since that day, the kingdom announced by Christ has been opened to those who believe in him. In the humility of the flesh and in faith, They already share in the communion of the Holy Trinity. By his coming, which never ceases, the Holy Spirit causes the world to enter into the last days, the time of the church, the kingdom already inherited, though not yet consummated. Mm, Rich. How about that last sentence, Debbie? Yeah. (laughs) By his coming, which never ceases, the Holy Spirit causes the world to enter into the last days, the time of the church, the kingdom already inherited, though not yet consummated. What's going on there? Mm-hmm. I mean, this talk of the last days, oh, we talk about this a lot, the last days, the second coming, coming soon. Well, the Greek word for coming, parousia, yep. means appearance, invitation. In the earliest writings of the Christian fathers, they would put it in the context of what? The Eucharist, huh? Mm-hmm. The already, though not yet consummated. This is the language that the church fathers would use a phrase that Benedict XVI would like to use. Why? Because we are made to see that in the age of the church, we are living the last days, right? right? We are, Debbie, you and I, if we can say so, the second coming of Christ to the degree that we take Christ with us in the Eucharist. This is a radical thought for some, but let us remember what the word radical means. It comes from the Latin that literally translates root, mm-hmm. Right? This is a root of the church. We are the second coming of Christ. And does this mean there's no second coming at the end of time? No, no, because that's what that paragraph just spoke to. It's not yet consummated, but we share in this second coming to the degree that we bring Christ with us in the world. Uh, What a beautiful image. I mean, that's just such a beautiful image. When you think about this Holy Spirit, that Holy Spirit that came over the apostles, mm. that continues to sanctify the church, lives within us, mm. and that we can be part 
We are part of the second coming of Christ. We are Christians, folks. Mm-hmm. Christians, part of Christ, part yeah. of the divine life. That should blow our, our brain apart a yeah. little bit. <laughs> <laughs> blow, blow our minds. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Debbie, we have this phrase, and I kind of opened up with it, you know, uh, the solemnity of Pentecost is a.k.a. the birthday of the church. And as we were talking before, I wanted to just spend a little extra time with that because there is a reason why the church calls this great feast day the birthday of the church. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my after here, you know, Debbie, I have probably a handful of very transformative moments in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we all have those transformative sure, moments sure out do. there. Thank you, God. Well, amen. <laughs> Praise <laughs> be Jesus Christ. One of those moments was that moment when I saw uh, my firstborn son. Mm-hmm. It is really hard to put into words. Up to that point in my life, I was husband. Mm-hmm. I was teacher. I was to the degree that I lived in God's grace and advocate for God, but I was not yet father, if -hmm. you will. And when I saw Colby come out, something just washed over me that it really is literally impossible to explain. Mm -hmm. I remember going to the bathroom and looking in the mirror and seeing a different person. Uh, I I couldn't describe it. Suddenly, everything had changed. Everything had changed. New game. <laughs> a, a new ball game, yeah. <laughs> Everything was cast into this light of now being father. It was as if, as Colby was coming out from head to toe, I was literally being transformed. And ever since that time, I now look upon each and every situation, each and every encounter that I have in relationship to just not being a son of God, but also being a father of another. I think you've heard me say before, Debbie, uh, drawing from Superman <laughs> when Superman <laughs> was looking down upon his son and, and he said, it is in becoming a father that I now understand what it means to be a son. I think that's what it is, really. Uh, yeah. I think that's what I mean. It's a beautiful quote. <laughs> we have to go to Superman to really get the heart of divine <laughs> sonship, right? I really think that's what it's about. That since that moment, I have now better understood what it means to be a, a son of God. And at the same time, how to be a better father, by the grace of God, go I. Oh, I, I'm so with you there. There's something incredibly transformative about the hope for a woman, the whole process of having a, a living being in mm. your body, mm-hmm. the miracle of life. It can't even be put into words. Mm. It's so miraculous. It's miraculous. You'd look down and it's like, there's a baby, a mm-hmm. body, a child of God. Mm-hmm. I'm walking with a child of God in me. I agree that the birthing of that miracle, because that's the only thing I can even relate it to, is the miracle of life and holding that child. Now, in our instance, our son was born with the cord wrapped around his neck, his body, and he Mm. was born purple. He didn't cry. Mm. And the only thing I remember is they... He wasn't crying, and I was worried, and I remember going, is he okay? Was he okay? And they said, kiss through your baby. We have to take him to the ICU. Mm. And in that moment of joy, he's here mm. to the upside-down feeling mm. of, please, God, mm. please don't mm. take him. Mm. And in that moment, I had this incredible connection to Mother Mary with Jesus. Mm. Something that was entirely new. Entirely 
a new understanding. Yeah. Uh, I just started praying the Hail Mary, you know, mm. and I remember I said to my husband, go with the baby. And he's like, no, no, no. I said, please, Steve, please go with the baby. Mm-hmm. And hours go by before anyone tells me he's alive. Mm. Hours. Wow. And you just stay in prayer. It's where we cling, right? We talked last time we were here about, you know, these trials in life. And where do you, you have two options to go to Christ, go to your power, go to, go to the one who can change things mm-hmm. that, that is the creator, the co-creator with you mm-hmm. in this miracle mm-hmm. and, and is the father of miracles, or you can just, you know, not do anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, God loves working in this mm. way. He loves the fact that he lets us co-create with him. Mm. Extraordinary. Extraordinary. And we really are made to reflect in this whole co-creation, Debbie, because within this context, can we better understand and appreciate just not what giving birth is about or being a part of a birth as much as now in the light of that birthing experience, everything has changed, Mm. right? Every encounter, every situation has a new context. So when the church calls this great solemnity of Pentecost its birth, Mm. what we are made to see and reflect upon is that very point. Now, in light of the gift of the Holy Spirit, we are made to see each and every encounter in a new way, Right. in a new way. And of course, when you talk about what the Holy Spirit is, is the love shared between the Father and Son, we are then made to see, yeah, (laughs) we are now made to see these encounters in the context of love, God's great gift. So with that, Debbie, if we want to go to the reading that uh, comes to us from the Gospel of John, John chapter 14. Jesus said to his disciples, If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you always. Whoever loves me will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our dwelling with him. Those who do not love me do not keep my words, yet the word you hear is not mine, but that of the Father who sent me. I have told you this while I am with you. The Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I told you. Amen. So the Holy Spirit is the one who moves the church, uh, the one who works in the church, the one who works in our hearts, a living person. Again, the love shared between the Father and the Son, uh, making each Christian unique and yet together with other Christians. And I think this is one of the great gifts that come to us in the gift of the Holy Spirit, Debbie, is that it draws out our uniqueness, who I am before God is Joe Holcraft, and who you are before God is Debbie Rosales, and so on and so forth. Yet at the same time, in that uniqueness, we are drawn to each other. Why? Because, as G.K. Chesterton once said, the nature of love is to bind, to bring together. Mm -hmm. Right? So, The more we draw from that source of love, the more we become who God calls us to be. And at the same time, the more we are unified in God. Mm -hmm. This is the splendor of the Trinity in so many ways. Uh, A professor of mine once said the Trinity is a unity in distinction. Mm. A unity in distinction. That That is exactly what we're talking about here. Mm -hmm. A life in the Holy Spirit draws out that uniqueness ultimately, and yet at the same time brings us together. If the Trinity is love given, love received, love shared, 
we learn the language of what it means to give, we learn the language of what it means to receive, and we learn the language of what it means to dwell in unity. Yes. And that's a powerful truth as we reflect into um, the importance of the Trinity, especially in light of paragraph 732. Absolutely. God is love. God is love. Perfect, unconditional love. Our world needs to hear that. Yes, it does. It does, Debbie. He's love and mercy. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting. As you say that, and, and our world needs to hear it, why does our world need to hear it? There is a line from Pope Francis from this past week that I just thought hit the nail on the head. He said this, the Spirit does everything, knows everything, reminds us what Jesus said, can explain all about Jesus. There is only one thing that the Holy Spirit can't do, make us parlor Christ, virtual Christians who are not virtuous. The Holy Spirit makes us real Christians. Mm -hmm. Why do I bring that up now? Well, because we live in a world that is saturated with virtual media, saturated with virtual reality. And we live our lives in this virtual reality. And what happens? Well, (laughs) Pope Francis just said it. We are losing our sense of virtue. The paradox is the word virtual and virtue, as you can well imagine, comes from the same Same root, root, right? (laughs) What a dichotomy. Again, Satan is hijacking something that is a good thing. Mm. And we are made to draw back and take account for the things that we are talking about now, especially as they come to us from our current Holy Father, because we are made to see something there. Essentially, how we are called to bring virtue into this virtual reality that we have created. And what would be an example of that? Well, we've talked about Facebook before. Mm -hmm. We live our lives vicariously through Facebook, virtually through Facebook. And for some of us, not pointing any fingers here, but just generally speaking, it's what I see. For some of us, we have lost our sense of the sacred. We have lost our sense of virtue. And so taking stock of what Pope Francis is saying here is we need to bring virtue into the virtual reality that this virtual reality and those who participate in it experience a conversion. We put it in the context of the new evangelization, meeting people where they're at. Bring virtue to this. Now, the problem is there's an absence of real personalism when it comes to the, the many modes of social media. And so there's a certain ceiling to this, but it doesn't mean we don't go there. In point of fact, we are called to go there, but mindful that the Holy Spirit is a living person and um, a living person that wants to draw life. And so, once again, we abide in this truth and invoke the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit might instruct us in how we go about in just not engaging the virtual reality, but the reality that is how we are called to love one another. How would we um, behave on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and all these other things if we prayed a prayer to the Holy Spirit before we got on? Mm, Amen. Wouldn't that be a nice practice for us to do? You know, Lord, let let my words be kind and loving and truthful, living in truth. Yeah. But is what I'm going to write be helpful? Is it kind? Is it loving? Is it something Jesus would want me to say over the millions of people this, mm-hmm. you know, possibly mm-hmm. could reach. Sure. I mean, there's a responsibility there, folks, that I think when we push send, we don't always understand. Let's pray. Let's make a little pact today, you yeah. know, to pray to the Holy Spirit that our words 
may be fruitful. Isn't, doesn't scripture say that we're going to be known by our fruit? Amen, Debbie. The word that comes to mind right now, the word that I'm thinking about is invitation. 1 Peter 3.15 talks about the importance of the virtues of gentleness and reverence, also within the context of the invitation. Mm-hmm. You know, we have that great passage that comes to us from the book of Revelation. Jesus is knocking on the door of our hearts, right? Yep. He doesn't throw open the door and overwhelm us. He invites us, mm-hmm. come and see, come, and, come see. and see. That has to be our mindset as we engage this virtual reality, social Mm -hmm. media. And in saying that, you talked about truth. There's something else that Christ talks about here. Mm -hmm. He uses the word advocate. I'm going to send you my advocate, Advocate. right? Mm -hmm. The Greek there is where we get the word paraclete, one who defends. And defend how? Well, in the spirit of truth. Sure. You know, Debbie, I have gotten on more than one occasion. Hey, Joe, can you be my advocate? Well, advocate for what? Well, here's my situation. Am Mm -hmm. I an advocate for you or for truth? Because in what you just told me, that wasn't necessarily truth. Mm-hmm. Huh? It says, well, whose side are you on? Are you on my side or, or his side? I'm on God's side. Well, I'm on God's <laughs> side. And that side is truth and love, love and truth. Uh-huh. Right? And ultimately, I bring this up because if we are going to bear witness to the gift that we have been given in the Holy Spirit, the love shared between the Father and the Son, we can only do so in truth. Right. Right? We can only be an advocate if we bear witness to truth. Mm-hmm. So it's not about whose side you're on. Right. In so far as this person or that person, as much as you're bearing witness to the truth and love to which Jesus Christ himself bear testimony to. And isn't that why people come to us? Because they, they believe that we're going to speak God's truth. That's the hope. Yeah. That's the hope. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the, the hope. hope. Yeah. That we um, don't just, you know, try to butter them up or, yes, we can make them try to feel better, sure. But the hope is that we're going to speak the truth of Christ, which always brings the Holy Spirit. And the Holy yes. when the Holy Spirit comes, he brings all the gifts, yeah. all the fruits. He brings it all. Amen. Yeah, and, and sometimes, you know, Debbie, I mean, I'm thinking about some of the spiritual works of mercy. Um, the truth hurts. Mm -hmm. But God's truth is like medicine. It's a healing ointment. You know, you have an open wound and you begin to treat it and you pull back because Mm -hmm. it stings, it hurts. But Mm -hmm. you know, you've got to put the medicine on if the wound is going to properly heal. You know, do we allow Christ to perform his surgery in things like Christian admonishment, instructing the ignorant, counseling the doubtful, so on and so forth? Do we allow God to work? Uh, This is an important thing to think about because if we do pull back, Mm -hmm. what happens? Well, the wound is only going to fester. Mm -hmm. And over time, it's going to get infected. And that's when things get really bad. Mm -hmm. You know, then the surgery has to be much more dramatic. Right. And uh, this is what our Lord counsels against. Right. Right. And so we have to be attentive to the gospel message there. Now, there's something else here. And that is, Debbie, that. When you talk about the gift of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit in general, you are talking about um, how the Holy Spirit is the living memory of the church. And while it makes us remember that is the gift of the Holy Spirit, it also brings about a deeper understanding of the words of the Lord. You know, we talk about truth. The spirit of truth and charity has a way of recalling things. Mm. We've talked about it before in the context of gratitude. Gratitude is memory of the heart, memory of the heart. So 
we allow, we uh, enter more fully, rather, into Christ's words when we remember what God has done for us. Right. When we remember what God has done for us. And when the Catechism says the Holy Spirit is the memory of the church, what does it mean to say? Well, the Holy Spirit brings about this new conversation with God. Mm-hmm. In point of fact, as one uh, theologian, Kungar, put it, <laughs> if tradition is conversation with the past, it is the Holy Spirit that brings about this conversation with the past. Yeah. And could we not say, Debbie, <laughs> that all of us are better off for it? Just not as a church, but individually. What makes us a better version of Joe Holcraft and Debbie Rosales? Well, when we come together as a family and we grow in our understanding of what God has done for us so as to better understand who we are and where we are going. The Holy Spirit is very much caught up in this conversation to the degree that we allow him to abide in us. What does Jesus say to the apostles? He says, I'm going to paraphrase here. You don't understand yet but I'm sending the advocate mm-hmm. and he will enlighten you. Everything that I've taught, everything that I've said to you, he's going to make sense of, mm. but you need to wait. Does he ever tell you guys that out mm. there? Mm-hmm. Does he tell you to wait? What happens when w- the disciples obeyed that and waited? Scripture was fulfilled. Amen. What would have happened if they'd left and just gone off and when one went on their boat, the other went on, and they all disappeared and, and weren't obedient. Whoa. Yeah. But they were obedient, and they waited. And you know, folks, we all have some kind of prayer request right now that, we're, that we've got going. And the Lord may be saying, just wait, just wait. I got something good. Yeah. Yeah, God answers our prayer with uh, yes, no, and not yet. Yep. <laughs> yes, no, and not yet. Yes. And... Memory is important because ultimately we are made to, once again, recollect and consider, gather again. The word recollection right. comes from a Latin word that literally means just not to gather again, but also remember, mm-hmm. right? So in the virtue of recollection, as you pull back, you gather all the events and you are made to remember. I mean, you brought up the apostles. Imagine. Yeah. Imagine them thinking about all that God had done for them including the difficult times. And now, after Pentecost, Mm. wow. And in saying that, imagine if they didn't remember. Imagine if they didn't do what we were talking about now. They would have been imprisoned in the moment, Debbie. Yeah. They would have ceased to be who God was calling them to be. Absolutely. I mean, if I don't have my memory, I can no longer respond to a request from, say, my wife. Hey, before you come home, can you pick up two gallons of milk? or maybe return two phone calls that came over the last half hour, Mm -hmm. right? I would effectively cease to be the person that God is calling me to be, Mm -hmm. which is just not husband and father, but son of God, fulfilling the vocation that God has entrusted me with. You know, Debbie, one of the things that I think gets overlooked, you know, I get the question asked from time to time, do you have a personal relationship with God? Mm -hmm. Do you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? Christ? Mm Are you saved? Fair enough. Yes, and all of those are good questions. Mm -hmm. Yes. But how about, do you have a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit? Right. Do you have a personal relationship with the gift of the Holy Spirit? Right. This gift which comes to us in the form of fire. Mm. Yes. Right? Purifying fire. Amen. You know, we were talking about some of the Greek earlier, huh, Mm -hmm. Debbie? Uh, The word for power comes from the Greek dynamua, where we get the word dynamite. Mm -hmm. 
does that not evoke power? Yes. Um, there's another Greek word, energia. What word does that sound like? Energy, mm-hmm. right? When you are living in the gift of the Holy Spirit and gifts of the Holy Spirit, there's a certain energy. There's a certain uh, power. There's a certain ardor, fervor, mm-hmm. uh, fire for yes. God. Yes. And this is evangelical at its core, right? Yes. It evangelizes. And this is why, once again, this is the birthday of the church, because as Benedict XVI reminded us on more than one occasion, the church exists to evangelize. Yes. The church exists to evangelize. And we, Debbie, are agents of that evangelization, mm. agents of evangelization to the degree that we live in the gift of the Holy Spirit. No Holy Spirit no evangelization right no holy spirit no fulfillment of vocation it's just that simple right it's just that simple today if i can encourage you at all (laughs) to please say a prayer inviting the holy spirit to come Mm. in a new and deep way into Mm. your life just get into the a quiet place and invite him amen amen and you know debbie I dropped that word invitation earlier. You just mentioned it. We should say that as invitation very much speaks to the come and see, invitatio best translates as a summoning, yes, Mm -hmm. but also a challenge. Mm. See, you have something going on at the same time. And and how does that work? Well, when you encounter the God who is love, Mm. right? what happens? Well, love is going to challenge you. Right. But it's not a bad thing. No. Challenges are good things. As Pope Francis reminded us, enjoy the gospel. They are meant to be overcome that we might be a better person for it. Mm-hmm. So we embrace those challenges, mindful that they come from an invitation. They come from the heart of Christ who invites us to become the person who God is calling us to be. Yes. We talked about our uniqueness earlier. Mm-hmm. Our uniqueness in who we are can only be drawn out in the light of the gift of the Holy Spirit because it is that love that draws out that uniqueness. Today, we have a tendency to just want to blend in. Mm. We just want to blend in, Debbie. Mm. (laughs) But what does holiness mean? To be set apart. So we're just not a sign of contradiction. We are a walking contradiction. Mm -hmm. And that's what the saints teach us for sure. All right. With that, Debbie, I'm looking up at the clock and we are out of time. So why don't we go ahead and close with a word of prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Mother Mary, we turn to you as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And God bless you. Thanks for listening to Seeds of Truth, heard every evening, Monday through Friday at 5.30 here on KKXX. If you'd like to hear this program or find out how you can help support Seeds of Truth, the website is joeholcraft.org.